What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect podcast show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Friday, early Friday, December 2nd, 2016, and you guys are listening to episode 283. I believe one week from tomorrow will be six years of the Verzi Effect, and uh, which is pretty nuts. So, I mean, I'll talk about uh, that more next week, but, um, it's just amazing that the show has been on for almost, uh, six years. And, you know, I have to admit it definitely took me about 40 or 50 episodes to really get a show, get a good show, to be honest, because when you first start out with a podcast, I remember being like, people were like, Oh, you know, you got to try to get to a half hour and you got to have segments and you got to do this. And I, I knew that it would eventually turn into you know, a good show if I stuck with it, but it took me a while, and I remember when things clicked, and you guys, um, if you've been listening from the beginning, then that's fucking amazing, but you guys adding on and adding on, and, uh, you know, I always say thanks to, um, you know, Bill Burr for pushing people over here, and I remember when I was new at the podcast, and Joe Matarese pushed people over here, and, uh, now Bobby Kelly's podcast, and so the cool thing about podcasts is when you go on all of them, and then people come to yours, and they like to listen to you alone, um, I'm doing this early on Friday, because two podcasts already came out this week, um, I did a dual podcast, two-part podcast with Bobby Kelly, it was a TVE, YKWD, uh, merger, so to speak, and uh, had a lot of problems um, doing it, uploading it from where we did it, so that's why it was late last week, and then ultimately didn't come out last week, so then I'm like, wow, I'm, the good news is I'm backed up with three of them, because I'm doing this one plus the two-part one with Bobby Kelly, which is, has already been out and came out on Wednesday, which is the regularly scheduled, I like to do it late Wednesday into Thursday, so I'm doing 283 right now, and then next week, uh, late Wednesday, early Thursday, 284 will come back to, uh, to where it needs to be. So you're getting, basically you're getting three TVE podcasts, one, um, and by the way, uh, one with the interview or actually us interviewing each other, talking about certain things. Um, and that's kind of what my paid thing is going to be. So you're always going to get this one. You're always going to get the free Verzi effect, the original. Um, and I said, I'm never taking, you know, I know a lot of podcasts take donations. I'm not doing that. Um, however, what I am going to do is I'm going to do, so basically what me and Bobby Kelly did this week, instead of doing two parts with one person, I'm going to do two different hours with other people and it's, uh, going to be like two ninety nine or whatever. And all you do is subscribe to that. It's two ninety nine a month. All right. So you're paying $3 a month and you'll get three Verzi effect podcasts or for completely free. You don't have to hear me and another comedian or another guest, because I want to have actors, and, you know, and TV, and, and movie people, movie stars, and, and TV people, and, you know, now that I'm acting a little bit, getting some more people in that world, you never know, maybe a musician, anybody, anybody, an animator, anybody, um, so it'll be two interviews for three dollars a month, uh, and you'll also get the, the regular one, this one, or it's completely free, and you just listen to this one, totally up to you, uh, but we're looking to do something like that as the you know, next, uh, next year, sometime in the first quarter of next year, um, have a ton of stuff to talk about, I want to close out the Thanksgiving week I had, uh, also have to talk about the end of Toronto, uh, I saw two movies, 
uh, have an unacceptable, have your guys unacceptable. So we have a full uh, episode 283 today on this nice, kind of cool day, uh, a little breezy. I feel like a news, a news guy. A little breezy out there, uh, highs of 48 degrees, a little chilly, but you know, you don't need your big coat, folks. You know the way they always try to throw in a joke and it's fucking terrible. Like weather people, they're always like, uh, well, not too bad. And I guess they have to be, like you think about it, if you wake up every day and you, you know, you have to talk about the weather, you have to put a little bit of spunk into it. You know what I mean? You have to kind of be, you have to. You know, you're like, that's your one job that day. So you can't just be like, yeah, it's going to rain. I think it's cold. Um, you know, I don't know. I'll let you guys know about tomorrow and the next day. I didn't get around to looking at the, you know, I didn't get around to looking at the fucking Accu fucking thing that we have over here. Uh, be honest with you. I don't even know how the fucking thing works to tell you the truth. But, uh, yeah. So, you know, dress warm and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Like nobody would have that job if they did that. So they always got to do kind of what that radio morning DJ does, which is my ultimate pet peeve. If you guys want to know the one thing that makes me truly angry is when right before a song, when the radio people are on with a caller, not even the morning show, any show, they're always like, yeah, you just won tickets to who you're going to bring. And they're like, my mom, oh, okay, then I guess it's not going to be a drunk blackout night, right? <laughs> All right, you're like, it's just, but the way it does, and sometimes it's awful and it's so fake. Uh, Yeah. So I guess they have to do that. Uh, speaking of morning shows, uh, I want to thank everybody at, uh, who commented and liked my segment on uh, NFL Network's uh, Good Morning Football yesterday. That was the third uh, time that I've been on the show, and um, it's been amazing. You know, so fun. Basically, because of the Verzi Effects uh, Unacceptables, uh, they had me do Acceptable Unacceptable on the show, and now it's become um, like a monthly thing on the NFL network, which is uh, really amazing and a blessing. It's amazing. So, uh, I had such a good time and you know, people are like, man, you should turn that into a show. And like, I don't think so. I think the unacceptable thing is perfect for a segment. You know, you get a little uh, excited about something, you get all crazy about something and you know, and then that's it. You're going to sit there for a half hour, an hour being like, and this is unacceptable and that's acceptable. I think it's perfect <laughs> the way that it is, you know, and that's, like, that's what I was talking about with the weather people, too. Like, the weather people, they have to put something into it a little bit, but you can't always, like, do that. Like, you know, when I go into the, the morning shows on anything, put it on anything, on a radio show, or or uh, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't say just a radio show because they could talk about anything, but let's say, like, Good Morning Football. Like, they have to put, like, that's all they're talking about, so you have to put something on it. When that's all you're talking about, it's got to be, like, a little a little extra. That's why I wouldn't want to, you know, I wouldn't want to make the unacceptable or acceptable anything really more than it is. I think it's perfect uh, the way that it is. By the way, fucking, I'm doing the podcast just now and my door, somebody knocks on my door and like, I'm like, oh shit, someone's at my door and I got my dog outside on the runner. My fucking cats are outside running around the fucking house. And, and then you go to the door, you get like anxious when somebody knocks on your door and they kind of do it quickly and abruptly. And I go there and it's the UPS guy. Cause Lord knows it's this time of year. So I got a fucking UPS box constantly. My wife buys everything on fucking line. And it's like, they just, it's almost like ring and run. Remember when you were a kid ring and run? It's like, don't knock on my door abruptly and then leave. If you leave the fucking package there, I don't understand that. It's like you you're leaving anyway. 
You're leaving anyway. You don't know if I'm home. You don't know if I'm sleeping. You don't know if I'm not home. Do you, you see a car in the driveway, but people have multiple cars. I could not be here. What's the sense of knocking on the door if I'm not talking to you or signing anything? There's a fucking unacceptable for you. I got another unacceptable, of course, but like, that's ridiculous. I'm literally, I, I'm just, I'm literally doing the podcast and I hear, and then I walk over there. Maybe not that loud. That was, I exaggerated a little bit, but even like a, or a, okay, fine. Who is it? And then the guy's walking up the fucking grass on, on, on my yard. It's like, you're, there's no meeting here. There's no fucking meeting here. I'm not signing anything. There's absolutely no need to do that. Maybe it's in their policy that they have to like leave something and at least try. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. But it's like you're leaving the box anyway and you just scare the shit out of me. I swear to God, the fir- every time my door knocks... I think to myself, did I do anything? Did I break any laws recently? Did I fucking come back from a trip? Did I fly home with anything? Like, what's going on? Because like your ultimate fear is to just see like a bunch of black suits outside. <laughs> did I say something on the podcast? Like, is the government coming? What the fuck? Is- and then it's just a FedEx or UPS guy and they leave the shit on the fucking thing. All right. That sounded way too Italian. And then they leave the fucking thing. Oh, on the thing. The thing. Oh, Italians love to just say the thing. And they could leave it alone. You could just say the thing. You'd be like, yeah. And then they, I'm walking down the street. And, you know, I saw the, the, the fucking thing there. You know the thing. And then I, I, you walk around, you know, the other thing. And, and then, you know, I bumped into this guy. I didn't want there to be a thing. You know, uh, my wife loves to go to the store because they have those things the the fucking, all right. Um, so yeah, I had a great time on the NFL network. Uh, you guys can, can check that out on good morning football. They tweeted it and, uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of stuff to talk about today, but first Let's talk about the sponsors, everybody. The Verzi Effect podcast is sponsored by City Living Dog. City Living Dog Services and CityLivingDog.com with Coach Mike, one of the best dog trainers out there. He's coming to my house um, in a few days, and we're going to work on Lloydie. Lloydie is doing a lot better. Something happened with my dog recently, which was amazing. He still has to, you know, he still has to get disciplined. He's still, you know, a little bit jumpy, sometimes disrespectful, but he's definitely, definitely better. But what City Living Dog does is they, um, you know, this guy, uh, what do they say? Through patience and confidence, and that's what it is, and that's what he's got. Um, You could check out his uh, Facebook Live training videos, his YouTube page of how he trains these dogs. Um, Dude, he's got, like, dogs doing obstacle courses, pit bulls walking with, like, babies and shit, like, acting, like, unbelievable. Uh, you got to check them out. And I know people who listen to the Verzi Effect have reached out. But if you do have a dog, if you have any questions, go to citylivingdog.com. Check him out. Talk to him. He's an awesome dude. He'll listen to you. Uh, he wants to understand the dog and the family to kind of pair the two. So please check out Coach Mike and City Living Dog. Find out what he's doing on Facebook, on um, all the stuff, Instagram, Twitter, fuck, everything, all the social media. Just go to citylivingdog.com. There's so many social media things out now. I don't even know. Like, I was about to do Instagram. I don't know what's out there. But anyway, everything that he's got, just go to and see. CityLivingDog.com. Also, drink more good. If you like seltzer and if you like uh, flavored soda or substituted. Like, I like to substitute things 
for, for soda because I don't drink soda. If you like to drink healthier but have some taste, uh, what uh, Drink More Good is, it is handcrafted organic syrups that you put in your seltzer, flavors like citrus, like ginger, okay? You go as strong as you want. You go, you know, as, uh, as light as you want just for the taste, but they do a great job. There's nothing artificial. There's nothing, you know, it's all organic. It's all natural, so it's way more healthier than drinking soda. Um, they have an office in Beacon, New York. You could go to drinkmoregood.com to order their stuff. Um, put in the promo code GOODMAKER. You'll get 20% off. They'll know that that came from uh, TVE. They've teamed up with generosity.org to help fill water wells in Ghana, Uganda, all over. It's amazing what these guys have, have done. It's, uh, it's just great, delicious, refreshing beverage. So please check out drinkmoregood.com. You could use their syrups for marinades, cooking, baking. Uh, you can use them for cocktails. So check out drinkmoregood.com. And of course, everybody, All Things Comedy, where the Verzi Effect podcast resides. Check out allthingscomedy.com for your favorite podcasts. So many comedy podcasts on there that you'll love. Also, they have a record label, comedy record label, where Night at the Stand, which was number one on iTunes and number four on Billboard's Top 100. Don't forget that. But uh, that is uh, also what they do. Uh, great albums on there as well. So check out allthingscomedy.com and follow them on Twitter at allthingscomedy. Okay. Um, I want to say, cause I did not get a chance to do this. Um, my experience at absolute comedy in Toronto was phenomenal. I was there from the 15th to the 20th. Was that what it was? No, I was there from the 17th to the, um, what was I there from the 17th to the 21st or something like that? Uh, or the 16th, whatever, either way. Um, whatever the dates were in mid to late November, it was amazing. It was amazing time. Uh, I know I did my a podcast from there when I first got there, but I didn't get to close it out. Um, the amount of Verzi Effect listeners in Canada, the amount of fans that came out, uh, just truly amazing. Uh, some sellouts, but even when the place didn't sell out, which I think out of six shows or seven shows, there was a bunch of sellouts, but the place was just always packed, always, you know, just looked great with a lot of people. And um, I'm really uh, happy with the hour, how the hour is going, getting better and better. I want to thank some of the fans that came out. Um, some fans came out, bought me drinks. I believe uh, dude's name was Sean and his girl Maria. Shout out to them, Sean and Maria. Um, I appreciate you guys, the kind things that they said. They were, um, you know, talking about, I guess, the hard time I went through in uh, 2016 in the summer. And um, they were just really supportive and cool. Uh, bought me some drinks, which they did not have to do. I'm like, no, no, you don't have to. And they were like, no, no, fuck that. Yeah. So it was great. Uh, also, of course, Cameron Maddox and uh, April, they're two fans who have seen me in Canada a bunch with um, Joe Bartnick and Bill Burr. And um, just so awesome. I'm glad that everybody uh, could come out. And all the other fans. There were fans coming up to me, talking to me about my OCD clip on YouTube because they deal with it. They were talking to me about just following my comedy and watching the, you know, watching uh, the new hour grow. So just thank you to everybody. Um, and I love that the TVE fans came out and uh, came up to me. Because, uh, not listen, not that other people, <laughs> I don't want to say like other people that come out you know, and say what's up or that, you know, I love the show. That's great. You know, I really appreciate that. 
um, and it's not that I don't love you guys too, but if you listen to the Verzi Effect, you know me more. And, and that's, those are the fans that, you know, come out to see somebody and support somebody. So, um, yeah, you know, tell your friends to listen as well. The show is doing great. And, uh, those are the people that I love seeing at the club. So thank you everybody in Toronto, the, the staff, the club, Josh Williams, who, uh, was, was on the show, feature on the show, Pete Johansson, another fucking hilarious monster comic in Canada. Those guys are really great. I had such a good time out there. All the comedians that jumped on to do guest spots, everybody did a great job. And um, I loved it out there So if you were in that area Please check out Absolute Comedy in Toronto I don't think uh, you will go wrong I had such a such a good time What I did not like, everybody Well, two things I didn't like One, walking past a specialty poutine place Every fucking night Alright, I don't know if you guys know what poutine is I had it the first time in Montreal years ago When I did the Just, Just for Laughs Festival No, I'm sorry Before I did the Just for Laughs Festival I went and I was featuring at a place called the Comedy Nest. And somebody's like, have you ever had poutine? And I said, no, what is it? And the only place that was open was some diner, but they made it for me where they just put fries in the little fry fucking cardboard thing and uh, cheese and curds and gravy and it melts. It's ridiculous. But there's a place called like Smokes fucking poutine okay? And you get any poutine. So they just load up fries they put the cheese, curds, and gravy, and then you could basically get a fucking dinner on top of it. Like, do you want chicken? Do you want beef? Pork? Do you want three porks? Do you want... So basically, like, you'd get a pizza, but they do it on top of the fries, cheese, curds, and gravy. Um, so I definitely did that. Um, but uh, don't worry, everybody. I lost a lot of weight, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> Actually, I ate good in Toronto. I ate good in Toronto. I did... Um, I think I counted like at a six days, which do the math, you know, three times six, 18, you know, 18, so you figure like the regular math of three a meal, uh, three meals a day, three a day meals. So then you figure I probably threw in a few more. So, you know, let's say 20 meals, 21 meals. I think out of that, like five or six were, were not the best, but I, I kind of watched what I ate, uh, Try not to drink beer because beer is just... I'm not good with beer anymore. I don't know why. You know, I'm a, I'm a liquor... I'm a, I'm a vodka soda guy. Maybe vodka soda splash of pineapple. Vodka soda splash of fucking crayon. Something like that. Um, I'm not good with drinking three beers and just feeling like a bloated fat fuck anymore. Uh, stomach is going down flattening and that's what I'm trying to do. And beer just does not contribute to that at all. In fact, a beer is basically like, oh yeah, your stomach's going down. Yeah, yo, your neck is thinning out. All right, let me let me get on the job. Let me get a couple of my friends to do the construction on this and we'll fucking bring it right back. I'm not doing that. Um, but here's the other thing that happened, okay? My flight home was so rough that I, I'm not going to lie, man. I started thinking of my family. Now, I fly a lot. I've talked about this before, I know, but like this is, I was, that fucking thing was coming down like all over the sky. And he even said, oh, it's going to be bumpy on the way up and bumpy. He actually got it right this time. But I mean, the plane, the cabin got quiet. People got their eyes closed, grown men, just eyes closed, quiet. I'm just like, holy shit. I mean, we were coming down into LaGuardia and this fucking plane was like, it'd be impossible to sleep. 
You could tell some shit was wrong because even people that were playing it cool, watching movies and acting like they weren't phased. And sometimes I'm that person because I'm like, and even if I am a little phased, I act like I'm not because I'm like, I've done this enough and you know, but, and, uh, but it was scary coming down. And by the way, uh, you know, hearts go out to the, the, the Brazilian people that lost their lives in that plane crash. I believe a bunch of people on the Brazilian soccer team lost their lives. I think there was only a handful of survivors in that plane crash, but, um, that's terrible thoughts and prayers with them and their families. Um, and you know, that's the thing as much as uh, man has perfected or came close to perfecting aviation, you, you can't perfect a man, a man-made machine like that. You just can't. So you can't, you can't account for what's going to happen with, uh, you know, outside circumstances and, uh, it sucks. So, but I mean, this fucking one was, this one was the, probably the worst I had, maybe in the top three worst I had, but like, I think like 10% worse than what I had. I don't know if I'd fly again for a while or at least flying in like better weather. You know, because if you, if you go out on a clear day, you know, like the, the pilot's going to be like, ah, it's going to be, should be smooth, you know, and I know things have happened, you know, on smooth days, of course, you know, God forbid, uh, you know, it, it doesn't, but it's just like when there's wind and when there's snow and when there's rain, I mean, look, people, that's why there are plane delays. That's why pl- flights are delayed because that shit happens. So, uh, it was not cool coming home. I was really glad to land and, um, and then, you know, I was car, I was, it was like the first time I got air sick. And then I had the car service pick me up from the airport and drive me an hour from the airport to my house. And, uh, my stomach was fucked up and, uh, I'm going somewhere with the fucked up stomach. Everybody, I touched on this on Bobby Kelly's YKWD. I don't know if that came out yet. If it did, I apologize. If you did not hear that, I will tell it here. Uh, so we do Thanksgiving at my house. We have an amazing time. Lovely Thanksgiving. I th- we hosted about uh, 11 or 12 people, uh, very, very immediate, immediate family, siblings, um, parents, uh, one of my aunts, shout out to my Aunt Mary, who's just been my great aunt, my mother's aunt, actually, uh, always a sweetheart, she had such an amazing time, she said it was one of the best uh, Thanksgiving she's had in a long time, which was nice, kids had a great time seeing their uh, aunt and uncles, just awesome, right, food was great, Fun watching football, the whole the whole deal. All right, uh, drank not much until the end of the night. Of course, when everybody goes to sleep, um, you know, smoked cigars, drank too much. You know, talked a uh, little politics at the very end, which was fucking stupid. But what are you gonna? I wish I could erase that part because it was kind of my fault. I had to just throw in a quick little jab, and and then it, I shouldn't have done it. I was drinking, but anyway, uh, all in all, absolutely great day, great holiday. Um, so my wife says to me, uh, Paul, we are going to, um, you know, oh, so, so the, the night after I had, um, I had a show, I had a show at the, um, what the hell is it called? The, the, oh my God, what's the, what's the place I was in, in Jersey, the Newton Theater, the Newton Theater in Newton, New Jersey with, uh. It was a four-headliner show. It was me, Kevin Downey Jr., Moody McCarthy, and Kev, uh, and Louis Ramey. Yeah, me, Kevin Downey Jr., Moody McCarthy, Louis Ramey, and we all performed the day after Thanksgiving at this theater. It was very nice. So my wife says, oh, well, Saturday, let's go to Jersey to my mother's. 
because my nephew's going to be there and, and whatever. So we go there and we eat. And um, my stomach was already kind of on the fritz. Like, my stomach has been weird lately. Okay, like just, I don't know if it's my diet. I don't know if it's, but I've been getting car sick lately. I've been just doing all kinds of, you know, my stomach is all fucked up, right? So we go, we have dinner there. There's, you know, the nephew, my uh, my wife's nephew, who she, you know, rarely gets to see is there. And then um, his mother and her, her, she had other kids too that were there. So some kids there, everything, and... Uh, I go home and I realized, oh man, I got to get this podcast out. So me and Bobby Kelly do a podcast, a combined podcast that night, smoke cigars. I come home at three o'clock in the morning and all the lights in my house are on. My wife had told me when I first got to Bobby's, you know, uh, our little girl threw up. So don't be out too late or keep your phone on. I said, my phone is on when you need me. Just let me know. And, um, it's a far drive to Bobby's. So um, I get home late and my wife doesn't hit me up. So I figured things are fine. I get home, lights are on all over the house. I'm thinking it's my little girl who's still sick. My wife's dealing with something. No, now the sheets, blankets, comforters are off every fucking bed in the house, basically. And both of my kids have been throwing up and are sick and in the bathtub at three 30 in the morning. I get home. I said, what's going on? I find out my little boy just threw up five minutes before I got home. Luckily, I got home in time to help my wife. I, you know, made our bed. I did all this stuff and everything. So I'm sure you guys know what's coming next. Kids don't go to school the next day. Um, Well, the next day was Sunday, but they still were sick. So they don't go on Monday. And uh, Sunday night, I started feeling something. I didn't know what was going to happen. And then I'll tell you what happened, everybody. Uh, Late Sunday night, or uh, actually evening time Sunday, I go into the bathroom and I feel throw up coming. And there's nothing worse than when you feel it coming. And I go into the bathroom and I throw up and I throw up and I throw up. And now all of my, I don't mean to be gross here if you're eating, fucking you you could pause this. But all the stuff that I ate that day is coming up. And now I must have thrown up seven, eight times violently. And I haven't thrown up violently like this in a really long time. And my wife did not hear this episode. So she comes down and I go, I told you. And she goes, you just threw up. And I go, yeah, I just threw up. And she kind of didn't, she just kind of saw my face and was like, wow, are you okay? So I go back to sitting down and I know I have this 24-hour bug, but I don't know because the kids only threw up a couple episodes of throwing up and then that was pretty much it. They felt like shit and then a day later they were fine. An hour later, I go to the bathroom. My wife hears me throwing up like she never fucking heard before. She comes in and she's going, oh my God, are you all right? Is there anything I could do? Seven times of the most violent. Like I threw up to the point where, and I said this, if you thought I was in a movie, Like, I mean, if I was in a movie, you would have thought I was exaggerating. Like, if the director was like, puke like you've never puked before, you'd be like, oh, that's not real, it's a movie. Picture that times fucking five. That's what I, I was like, like, I don't know what my body was just, and then when all the food comes out, then you're just fucking dry heaving. So then an hour and a half after that, I'm laying in bed, and it's even worse, eight times. 
So then four, three, two thirty in the morning, my wife comes in and I'm doing my episode number four. And it was always like seven or eight times of just, ugh. Like it was, she was like, I have never heard anything like this. Are you okay? What sucked was I have neck and spinal issues and it was burning and hurting my neck because the way my body would tense up because of the regurgitation. I swear to God, I've never thrown up. I think I counted or we counted close to 30 times I threw up. My body did that fucking jolt maybe 30 times. And I felt like I was in a fight. I felt like I got the shit beaten out of me. Um, I was a mess. I was laying in bed like, you know, when you like, you kind of got the aches and you're falling in and out of sleep and you're kind of out of it and dizzy, but you're not. Like I had that shit all night. Luckily, I didn't throw up after like the 2.30 in the morning episode. Holy shit. It was... Oh, thank God I didn't have a show on Monday. Because I wouldn't have been able to go to it. It took me till about Monday night to not... But even still, and my son still has a queasy stomach. I still do. So as much as I think it, like, it was a 24-hour bug... After a 24-hour bug, you got to go back to... When you throw up like that, you got to go back to like eating again, getting your body into a thing. So just now, these past couple of days, it's starting to come around where my system is getting better. But, um, And basically, it came from my mother-in-law's house in fucking New Jersey. Because why wouldn't there be an awful bug and virus in New Jersey? Half of New Jersey is a fucking virus. All right? I'm sorry, Jersey. I love you guys and shit, but like driving out there is a fucking nightmare. I go out there for a dinner. I come back. I'm puking like I never puked before. It just annoys me. It annoys me. While I was hovered over the toilet, I was like actually getting angry at my mother-in-law. And my my wife is like, it's not her fault. And I'm like, we went there. <laughs> what the fuck? <sighs> Uh, so, so awful. Um, but, uh, all right, we are halfway through the show and I got a lot more stuff to talk about. So let's talk about unacceptables. My unacceptable is, and let me make sure that I have your guys unacceptable up. I do because I'm prepared. Um, my unacceptable is, uh, was it last night? No, uh, Wednesday night. Last night was Thursday. Yes. Wednesday night. I was at the stand. Uh, the amazing, my amazing home comedy club, The Stand. And uh, I'm on stage, and some guy said he was from Westchester. I'm like, oh, I'm from Westchester, where? And all of a sudden, that opened the can. The guy just kept yelling out. And he's, he was with a girl. I think his arm was around the girl. He had a hat on backwards. And I, I just remember, there's certain people you just remember. So the guy keeps talking. And so I'm like, all right, yeah, yeah. So then he keeps talking and blurting stuff out and heckling and yelling stuff out. Not like a dick, but just trying to add to the show. So finally, I just go, all right, sir, enough, enough. We got it, we got it. And I'm, you know, and I'm doing my thing, and the crowd's laughing, and I, I, you know, I'm a professional. I know how to deal with, you know, shit like that. He wasn't being malicious. He, he didn't need to be put in his place or thrown out, nothing like that. But he's just like, I'm like, all right, enough. You're always, I go, you're always one too many. You did it, and then shut the fuck up, okay, and and be done. That's it. You're you're always one too many. And, uh, you know, all right. All right, so then I go into the crowd, you know, and everything like that, and, you know, talk to some other people, have a good time, whatever, you know, doing my jokes, people are laughing, you know, he's enjoying the show, his girl's enjoying the show, but he's just kind of like a dick, and he's like yelling stuff out. So sure enough, later on in the show, um, 
I, you know, he's talking and he's whispering to her. And Jim Gaffigan popped in. Great fucking hilarious comic. Jim Gaffigan pops in. And I'm watching Jim just to see what Jim is working on. Because, you know, that's what happens at, at, you know, the stand. Just like the cellar. Like the stand is kind of the east side cellar. Where you get a big, you know, Tracy Morgan or Jim Gaffigan. Somebody, when they're working on something, you know, they just come pop in. So, uh, I just was like, yeah, I'll watch Jim for a couple minutes. And whatever. And... As Jim's closing out his set, this guy's whispering to the girl. She's whispering to him, and they're just being loud. Same people. And it's like, fuck. So then Jim gets off stage, and there's still more comedy left. There's a, there's a, two more comics after him. There's like 45 minutes of the show left after Gaffigan gets off stage. So I hear this guy get up, and then the girl gets up, and they start walking out. And I'm like, wow, they're going to leave the show early. And he goes, oh, we'll be back. So I'm thinking, all right, they're going to go out and smoke a cigarette. And I swear to you people, right in my mind, I go, they may be fucking running out on the bill. They might just be fucking assholes who are drunk and like whatever, and they're running out on the bill now. I had a feeling like, are they coming back? At first I go, maybe they're smoking. And then the next thought after I said maybe they're smoking is, oh, they're probably going to run out on the check. Sure enough, time goes by. I don't know anything uh, that happened. And I'm up, I'm up by the booth when you first walk in. Where like the you know you you buy your tickets, and I hear the manager Adele, and uh, the lady working the the front, go yeah, and then blah blah blah. I walk out on a bill, and I go wait a minute. You say what? I go do the people downstairs that we're talking on tonight's show walk out? And they're like yeah, and like she's like outside on the sidewalk looking on her like texting to somebody, and those fucking people. So not only did these people have the audacity to be disruptive, even in their fucking fun way, but you're gonna be an asshole. And try to be part of the show. And then people calm you down. Then you're going to talk during fucking... Talk during people's shows. All this and that. Right? And then you're going to walk out on the bill. Now look. When we were kids, we did that thing. Eat and run. You know, the same thing as ring and run. Eat and run. You don't know what you're doing. You're a fucking teenager. You're a dope. Still doesn't make it right. Like I said, when I think about the stupid shit I did as a kid, I wish I had all the money lined up that I fucking ever like took even in like dumb trying to be funny fucking stupid things like that at the end of the day it's stealing and it's awful but you know what I give a a drunk 14 15 16 year old person a pass I give a drunk person a pass I'll even give you like if you're hammered and you're just broke and you're a dick whatever early 20s doesn't make it right I shouldn't give that a pass 14 13 whatever 15 fine these are like People clearly in their like mid to late 20s, maybe early 30s, adults yelling out at a comedy show and then they walk out on their fucking bill. Absolutely unacceptable and those people should be fucking publicly beaten. Okay? You're you're seeing some of the best comedy in the country. You're seeing comedians like Jim Gaffigan popping on the show. You have the audacity to talk during the show and then you're going to walk out on a bill absolutely unacceptable, and and the dude was just a dick. At first, I was like, oh, this guy could be cool. No, he was a fucking dick who needed to be heard, and you know what? Shame on the fuck. At first, I'm like, maybe it's this guy. No, the woman walked out on it too, unless they were fighting about it, but I just, it's like, no, somebody, both of those people are responsible. That's like accessory to fucking being cheap or accessory, you know, the way it's accessory to murder, same thing. You can't walk out and both know you're skipping out on the bill and it's on one person. Absolutely unacceptable. Shame on him. Shame on her. Fucking gross. Ridiculous. So there you have it. That's my unacceptable for the week. All right? Uh, it's, it's, 
You know, and it makes me feel bad. It gives Westchester people a bad name. You got to be fucking raised better than that. All right, let's go to your guys unacceptable. Here we go. This says, okay. Predatory holiday loans from Tim Williams. Hey, Paul. I usually try to put a comical spin on the unacceptable, but this one has me genuinely fired up. Uh, I'm on the road uh, every day for work, many times calling on offices in low-income areas. With Christmas season in full swing now, I've started to notice uh, an overabundance of holiday loans. Uh, Signs not uh, only at payday loan check-cashing places, uh, but what appear to be legitimate banking institutions. I understand that adults are responsible for their own financial decisions. They should know what they're getting into, blah, blah, blah. So it definitely goes both ways. I just think it's beyond unacceptable to prey on people, especially in low-income areas during the holiday season, as if uh, they're doing them a favor by offering a short-term loan at ridiculous interest rates. Shame on these banks slash organizations and local governments for allowing this to happen. Thanks. Can't wait uh, to hear the new hour. Well, thank you, Tim. I appreciate that. Uh, And um, yeah, as far as you're unacceptable, yeah, I mean, the first thing I thought of, I'm sure a lot of people thought of that was, you know, when people were getting loans for houses, what, in 2008? You know, they were just getting people in over their head. But this is a little different because this is the holiday season. And the holiday season is you kind of put everybody in your family in front of you, especially your children, even more than you normally do. You know, like you always put your fa- you always put people that you love ahead of you and your kids ahead of you if you if you fucking have a a brain between your ears, um, and and a you know a soul and you fucking know what you're supposed to do in life. Um, but I think around the holiday season you do it even more. For example, you know in. April, if you can't afford something for your kid, you're just going to go, listen, I'll make it up to you. I can't do that right now, but I love you, blah, blah, blah. You know, you try to make it up, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. You're like, hey, I can't afford this. Let's go fucking get you a happy meal and a toy and I'll, you know, try to buy you something at Target to, to hold you over. I love you, but I can't get what you want. But I think at Christmas, those same people are like, fuck it, it's Christmas. If I get in over my head or I go into debt or I can't make a credit card payment, I'm going to do it. So what you're saying is right here. Basically, they know and they pray on the uh, they, they pray on the holiday season and the holiday spirit, which makes it more despicable. I love this unacceptable, Tim, and I think it's perfect for this time of year. It's a perfect time to do this uh, in December on the show. You're absolutely right. You know, and they have them hanging out there, like you said, in check cashing places going, yeah, it's only a 29% interest rate, but get your kid that fucking, you know, get your kid that thing that they wanted this year. And people are like, oh, fuck it. It's the holidays, you know, and then they're like, hey, while I'm at it, let's go eat with a Santa hat on. I don't know why I said that, but you know what I mean? Uh, (laughs) Thank you for the um, thank you for the unacceptable and the submission. Here we go. Unacceptable tipping. Phil Oakley. Uh, All right. Phil used to write to the show. He's back. Uh, Hey, Paul, it's been a while, and I'm glad to be back to listening. Uh, The Verzi Effect. I put you and Bert down for a year so I could have plenty of podcast ammunition for this winter's workload. Great. First, thank you for the signed copy of Night at the Stand. I was there the night you recorded the album. We met after... Uh, and I threw you that bottle of Johnny Walker Black for the uh, 
for appreciation for your podcast. I do remember all that, Phil, and I really appreciate it. Um, I also want to thank you for the shout-out of my uh, Bill Burr impression of Burr on your 200th episode. Yes, finally, thanks for reading all the unacceptable submissions on your show. Uh, It was around... For reading all unacceptable submissions on your show, it was around 30. Uh, Another reason... I chilled on the show. Uh, don't want to be a hog. Oh, gotcha. Okay, okay. 30? Really? Wow. Um, your show is one of the reasons that helped me pull out of the darkness. Well, thank you, brother, because I was there before, and I know it ain't cool. So anything I could do to help somebody in that situation is always a plus. Uh, I was in a shit spot in life for a while, and listening to your show and hearing my submissions read by you was incredibly uplifting. I got a great woman and six-month-old daughter named Nora. Oh, that's awesome, man, Uh, that I'm very grateful for. So thank you. Okay, I think all the uh, riding (laughs) got your dick soft. Time to get off... Uh, and get on with the unacceptable. Uh, me, oh, well, uh, me and the family head to Stu Leonard's in Danbury, Connecticut for a Christmas tree. This young guy who was slow. Uh, okay, I got you mean like okay, disabled slow. I'm, that's how I'm taking it in the quotes. Uh, helped us spin a couple uh, of trees. All went great. Packed up the tree uh, on the car. And we're good to go. I ran back to the guy to give him a $5 tip. You know, tis the season and I can appreciate a guy working uh, out in the cold for a living. Uh, uh, been there, Okay, I know what you're saying. Been there, done that. I offer the 5 bucks, and he says, sorry, sir, I can't accept tips. Uh, I have heard this before at Stop and Shop and other corporate cunty locations. I thought it's Christmas time. It's a completely acceptable opportunity to tip. I said, really? That doesn't seem right. Then he repeated multiple times, I can't take tips or I will be fired. Uh, I can't take tips or I will be fired. It may have been that this guy put serious effort into his job or that it uh, was a cold night during the holidays season uh, or even, uh, what's that, holiday season or my heart goes out to the less fortunate. I don't understand. Let me read that again. I I can't take tips. I can't take tips. It may have been that this guy put serious effort uh, into his job or it was a cold night during the holiday season or even my uh, heart goes out. Okay, fine. Heart goes out to the less fortunate. This was clearly unacceptable from a human standpoint. If Stu Leonard's is out of... uh, is out of jail from tax evasion. Maybe this season uh, he can change that corporate greedy policy too. Let's not have a cunty Christmas this year and uh, let's the guys accept tips. Can't wait to get your feedback on this. Thanks, Paul. Seasons greetings. P.S. Kill it on YKWD. Phil Oakley. Well, Phil, thank you so much. And first of all, uh, two things I want to address up front. I'm glad you're uh, in a better place mentally, brother. Uh, congratulations on your six-month-old daughter. That's amazing. Thank you for the support. Thank you for coming out to my show, all that stuff. Um, I don't understand the not accepting tips. You know what's funny? I was in a car service, and they were like, don't tip. They already tipped, okay? They already got the gratuity and all that stuff. And then I was in a car service, and I'm like, "Uh, tips are included or whatever? And they were like, yeah, yeah, I guess. And I just know what that meant. Um, I agree with you. I believe in tipping. 
I believe in giving some people extra money around the holidays. This is a time where some people count on it for their income, and I think it's a good thing to do. I really do. I, I just believe that. And I think that, uh, you know, not taking it means the guy, I mean, listen, if you said the guy was slow, you know, I'm not trying to be a dick here, but maybe he's just so kind of, you know, maybe he's just so kind of, what's it called? Like you said, you know, just so corporate and into what he's doing and thankful that he has a job that he's like, I'm not going to fuck with it. And he doesn't know, Hey, I could just slip a five or a 10 or a 20 in my pocket when somebody offers it to me. So yeah, but I mean, look, this is, this is Christmas time, you know? And I'm so fucking like Mediterranean, Italian and Greek. Like I believe in that shit. Not that other people don't, but like I have that, like, nah, just take it. Like I have that break the rules DNA. I don't know why I do. I don't know why, like, when I see, like, mob shit, even when it's bad and corrupt, I'm like, I get it, <laughs> I get it, like, put the money in your fucking pocket, um, I, yeah, I think if people are willing to, to do that, uh, and take the extra step and work in the cold of Christmas season, I, I, I agree, I think they should be tipped, and I think any, any employer, and it's not like Stu Leonard's is paying the guy, right, that's the other thing, it's not like Stu Leonard's is giving these guys amazing hourly rages, When's the last time you saw a guy in like a fucking gigantic mansion? You're like, what are you doing? He's like, I fucking wrap up Christmas trees at Stu Leonard's. It doesn't happen. So I think the least you could do if you're Stu Leonard's or any of these, like you say, cunty corporations, which I think is a perfect way to say it. You could say, listen, I'm only paying you a shitty hourly wage here. So take whatever you can get, you know, and that actually takes the company, you know, takes a little bit of heat off the company for being such a shitty paying um, establishment. Thank you for the submission. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, here's a regular Blair Stewart says, hi, Paul. Thank you. I've never experienced this unacceptable firsthand, but I definitely feel for those that have families that have their Thanksgiving dinners at an Applebee's Chili's or any other abomination like this is unacceptable. Imagine that this meal that's supposed to be one of the most meaningful of the year could come with a side of fries. The children in these families will grow up thinking this is normal and never get to see the beauty and care that comes with loved ones all providing for a homemade meal. This is not even, uh, this is not even to mention the, uh, overworked waiters and waitresses that could be at home with their, uh, with family members that they might rarely see. Go home and learn to cook, you dopes. Also, wanted to thank everyone after my last unacceptable that reached out due to my uh, uh, brown recluse spider bite. It was a scary couple of weeks, but I'm feeling better. Go Giants. Thanks, Paul. Awesome, awesome, awesome unacceptable, uh, Blair. I agree with you. I agree with you. And it's not like people are like, oh, we can't afford it. Listen, if you can afford to go to Chili's or Applebee's, which even at a minimum is coming to 25, 30 bucks. You could buy a cheap fucking small turkey. You could buy canned fucking cranberry sauce. You could buy a box of stuffing. All right. And if a whole family is at Applebee's, I bet it's coming out to a lot, probably close to a hundred dollars. All right. You can go and you could get the, you know, even if it's and you sit around the table with your family and you eat it. I agree. And I got to tell you something. If I was away, I worked at Applebee's. I was a, I was a bus boy back when I was super young, 20, 
21 years, whatever it was. And then I was a waiter there for a while. And if anybody said you're working on Thanksgiving, I'd be like, no. I mean, I used to lose jobs when I'd get blackout drunk. I would just be like, all right, the party's too good for the job to ever matter. So I'm, I'll be damned if I was going to miss a fucking holiday like that. So I agree 100%. And I'm glad that, um, you know, people reached out to you from the podcast about your spider bite. Thank you so much. And you're right. Go Giants. Here we go. This one is from Ryan Gennaro, I believe. What the shit? I got a two-parter for you to set the scene. I work in a small pizzeria, which on our busy days has between has between 12 and 15 people working simultaneously in a fairly small store. We have one small bathroom in the back of the store, which is for employees only. I usually drink crazy amounts of caffeine on our busy days. I like to be hopped up when I'm busy with deliveries. The only drawback is that I got to piss frequently sometimes, three, uh, some frequently, sometimes three times an hour. Jesus. Uh, last weekend during our peak busy time, I come back from a delivery having to piss so bad. I thought I was going to have damaged. Uh, I must have damaged my bladder. I sprint inside the bathroom about to piss myself and it's locked 10 fucking minutes pass and it's still locked. Finally, the door opens and out walks this girl who I work. Oh boy. Who I work with, (laughs) who, uh, who let's just say, I'm not attracted to. Sure enough, I walk in and it smells like a porter potty at a tailgate. To make things even better, this extended piss I'm taking has me standing in this shit (laughs) in this shit chamber for almost two minutes, thinking the meanest and nastiest thoughts about this poor girl who just had to take shit. How? The fuck do you have such little control over your bowels that you're shitting at two in the afternoon? <laughs> what you could have to <laughs> Oh God. Just when I thought this mess was over, I open the door and immediately see this other girl I work with who's smoking hot. And it's her first day at the job. I meet her brief uh, I met her briefly a few days before while she was applying and we uh uh and we oh i think you you said it off pretty well i think you meant to say and we hit it off think okay yeah so what you're trying to say here is um when she was applying while she was applying and we hit it off pretty well she greets me enthusiastically and starts moving towards the bathroom door at this point, I'm just thinking, please do not go in this fucking bathroom, whatever you do. And sure enough, she needs to go in there to put her uniform on. So I basically got framed for taking this unacceptable, disgusting shit. I wanted so badly to acknowledge and deflect it with humor, but I <laughs> but I only had about two seconds to make that happen, and I choked, simply accepting what was about to happen. So fucking embarrassing uh, and not my fault at all. This is another great one. Oh my God, this one almost had tears in my eyes. First of all, Ryan, you got to fucking finish the story and tell me if you said to the fucking one that you like, hey, just so you know, you got to walk out there and be like, listen, I know you're not going to believe me. I know whatever, but so-and-so was in there for 10 minutes. I had to piss so bad because I was drinking caffeine. Fuck it, I would have just explained it. Even if you look like a liar... I would have just explained it because then there's at least the doubt in her mind that maybe 
this fucking absolute travesty in there was not you. Um, look, I don't know. I mean, look, the girl had to go. You know, the girl had to go. What do you do? What do you do when you got to go? When you got to go, you got to go. Last night I was in a frozen yogurt place uh, at this, uh, in, in Mount Kisco, and they didn't have a bathroom, so I had to take my son into a, uh, a movie theater. And the movie theater was cool enough to do it, but I was like, look, I was like, next door doesn't have it. They said people come here to use it. And they were like, yeah, totally cool. But, you know, my little boy had to go. You got to go. Um, Ten minutes is long. Ten minutes is a good time in the bathroom. Like, something must have been going on. But that is so funny. And uh, thank you for the submission. Really funny. All right, here we go. Here we go. Couple more guys just catching up. Let's see where we are on time. 46 minutes. All right, let's see what else we have here. Okay, this one is... Who the fuck? Okay, so this one is from Joseph uh, Tronkale. All right, here we go. Got one for you, Paul. Paul, quick unacceptable from Florida. I went to visit a friend in Miami to spend the night and fish the next day. I was excited to hear that he had an apartment in downtown Miami. I get up to the 38th floor of this great residential building and walk into his room uh, to the sickest view I've ever seen of Miami City. Um, All lit up at 10 p.m. at night with glass windows surrounding the outside of the apartment on both sides. Truly unreal view. I sit down in the living room and realize there are two major problems given this is a $2,500 a month spot. Number one, The TV is no bigger than 22 inches. Who the fuck has a computer screen as a TV in a basically penthouse crib in Miami? Number two, no cable. What in the actual fuck, Paul? I said, dude, can we turn on ESPN2 real quick? Uh, No, but we can watch Netflix. Fuck me, Paul. Your privilege of living in an incredible space should be removed when you have a placemat size screen as a TV and you skimp on having cable television. I got nothing else to add uh, <laughs> to this case. Um, oh, dude, that's great. Um, that is fucking great. Uh, I like that. And I, that's a, that brings up a good question. That brings up a good question. Now, here's the question. And thank you for the submission, um, Joe. I appreciate it. Is this guy so fucking baller? Like, what if he's so baller, right? What if he's just crushing it? This guy's just, you know, this guy's just bringing chicks home by the fucking barrel, right? He's just crushing vagina, you know, doesn't need a TV, goes out. He just is like, ah, I just have it to amuse me. Like, I'll just maybe put it on. I'll just see what's going on in the news. I don't need a big screen. But I hear you. But then the flip side is it's like, no, you have, you're on the 38th floor in like a penthouse in Miami, surrounded by glass and the most sickest views of the beach and the city. I, I take it from what you're saying. Um, why not, especially with TVs not even being that expensive now. So it almost seems like a time thing with me. Gun to my head if I had to guess. But I hear you. Because it's like, well, what if you do have a guest? You know, what if you are home sick with the flu? You know, I guess he did say you got Netflix, but you can't see it if it's 22 inches. You got to be right up there. So I'm kind of with you on that one. And thank you for the submission uh, very much. All right, here we go. This is a quick one from Matt Ostrowski. 
Okay, hold on. I get this right, Ma- Max. I'm sorry. I even fucked up your first name. Let me get this right. Let me, let me take this back. I'm going to do a, a redo here. Okay? Max Astrowski. 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 Ostrowski. Max Ostrowski. Max Ostrowski. Fuck. I'm sorry, Max. I thought I could do that better. I know I fucked up your last name. Let's read this. Paul. Unacceptable. Here we go. Paul, this little girl walking by herself to her mother's car in a busy parking lot. She must have been three to four years old, could barely push open a door by herself, runs to her mother's car that is parked in the YMCA parking lot. Her mother didn't even take uh, her eye off of her phone, even when her child struggled to open the car door and climb inside. Unacceptable, Paul. Absolutely. Absolutely. And God forbid, God forbid something happens to that little girl. God forbid that mother would fucking be devastated because she's looking at her Facebook and shit. And listen, we're all guilty. You know, we're all guilty of of looking at social media. We're all guilty of hearing our phone go off or seeing messages. And you're like, oh, who texted me? And you could be with your kids. But it's very, very important, man. And, and I mean this because like I caught myself the other day, I was driving, my son was in the back and I noticed I had a text and I'm driving and I'm like, as I'm about to look at it, I just put it down and I'm like, no, you got to act. You know what people don't do? Think about this. And I think that this is a really good point. I really do. I'm not saying it cause it's my point, but this is like, sometimes I say crazy lunacy. I know that. And I appreciate you guys listening to my fucking nonsense sometimes. But this one I think is spot on. I'm taking this one. I'm taking this one the whole way and I believe it's right. You remember when your son or daughter was born, okay? Your son or daughter was born and you're in the hospital. If you had a C-section, you're in the hospital for like three, four days. If it's a natural birth, you're in the hospital for two days. And you get the baby and they wrap the baby up and you get the certificate and you have the bracelet. And then you put the baby in the car for the first time, you know, and you're driving home and you act as if you are fucking in your road test. You know, you have your hand on 10 and 2. You're driving so fucking slow. You have the most precious cargo. You want a big sign that says, brand new baby here, fucking stay 10 car lengths away on every fucking side, front, back, you know. And and we forget that. We're like, ah, they're older now. Now I can talk. No, it's fucking awful. And you got to go back to that. Because if God forbid something happens, it's the worst thing ever. And that woman would never be able to forgive herself. So uh, I don't mean to put a damper on the show. We were flying there with some funny stuff. But uh, this just is a concerning one. But thank you, uh, Max. Appreciate it. Last one, everybody. Last unacceptable. And uh, let's see. We are at uh, 58, 50-something minutes. All right, good. We're good. We're good. I got a couple movies to talk about, some sports Right on time. Listen, you fucks are getting three this week. And if you count me doing YKWD alone, then it's four. Because I did that one with uh, some comics on that one the other day. So this is the last one. Ready? First time emailing. All right, Milo. Milo Jurevicious. I like it, Milo. I like it. I like the first time. Cool name. Let's see what Milo has to say. Hey, Paul, I found out about your podcast from listening to Bill Burr, and I love your stuff. Well, thank you. You're fucking hilarious. Anyways, to get to the point, I have an unacceptable that involves social media and an ex-girlfriend. I'm in my final year of high school, and I dated a girl from 10th grade through most of grade 11. We had a mutual breakup back in May. 
uh, and I thought things were all good. Okay? No hard feelings. I haven't talked to her in months, and I've been feeling great. Well, a couple of days ago, a friend of my ex-girlfriend posted a video of the two of them burning all of these paintings I made for my ex-girlfriend back when we were dating. Now, these aren't great paintings or anything, but she would always say encouraging things when I would show them to her. Once in a while, she would even ask for a painting and tell me that she loved it. Okay. Her and her friend were laughing while burning these paintings, and I honestly feel kind of shitty. She must have wanted me to see, uh, see, and it sort of got, okay, and it sort of got to me, uh, which I know is dumb, but I wasn't expecting this. This makes me lose a lot of respect for her because I never thought she would uh, be this petty and childish. Sorry this is so long for something that isn't such a big unacceptable. What are your thoughts? Thanks for the laughs and come to Toronto. I know you've already been, but it would be great to have uh, have you here again. Well, I was just there, literally like... I was literally there as you were writing this. <laughs> so maybe you didn't know I was literally there. Uh, but I love this. And I love that this is the last uh, last one because... Um, yeah, I want to talk about this. I know exactly what you should do here. And as I was reading it, and I know a lot of people are listening to this and they should be interested, interested because Milo, here's the one thing about me. You don't know. Okay. You know, I'm a married guy with kids, but when it came to me and women and dating women and having games, so to speak. Okay. I'm the fucking man, Milo. All right. You understand? <laughs> I'm half kidding. But no, I know what I'm talking about because I dated a lot and I played the fucking game. When chick wanted to play the game with me, not only would I play the game, I fucking won. You want to know why? Because that's what real men do, Milo. Okay, so here's my fucking advice to you. Okay, I know I'm tooting my horn a little bit, but I feel good about this one. I feel confident about this one. Just like I do about my example of thinking about your kid when you're first taken from the hospital. That's how you need to treat him always. Well, this is another one I feel good about. Now, it might be too late. And I'm sure it is too late because it's December 2nd right now. And I know you wrote this a little while back. And I had some issues uploading the last podcast because I merged it with another podcast. So you, you might have, this is might have already... Um, already, you know, come and passed. However, my advice to this would be completely, completely ignore it because you said something here and I think it drove her crazy because here's the thing about women. Okay. They're going to say one thing, but their feelings and emotional, their feelings and emotions are just way deeper. Emotionally, women are smarter than we are. I see it having a little boy and a little girl. Both of my kids are incredibly smart, great in school, but emotionally, little girls are more mature and they get it. They get it and they have more of a connection. They just do. Uh, Sorry, fellas, it's true. Now, when you said, because you said a few things in the email that really hit me. You said we had a mutual breakup. Uh, I thought things were all good. Yeah, you thought they were. No hard feelings. That means you walked away happy. Did you see what you said? You said, I haven't talked to her in months and I've been feeling great. She can't stand that you were feeling great, brother. She can't fucking stand that you were able to walk away. Now, I had a uh, high school whatever sweetheart that I was with. I guess, what do they call them? High school sweethearts from the whole fucking thing. Ninth grade, on and off, all the way to 12th and after. On and off for six years. 
And I remember when it was off, if I acted happy, that's when things go your way. When you don't give a fuck, that's when things go your way. When you're running at, a woman does not like when you run after her, period. A woman likes when you do not give a fuck about her. And if you truly don't give a fuck, because there's two types of not giving a fuck. There's two types of not giving a fuck here. There's the guy that acts like he doesn't give a fuck. And, and then he'll eventually get her back, but he truly does and he's happy he got her back. Then there's the motherfuckers that truly don't give a fuck. And those are the ones who the girls fucking flock to. I'm talking truly not giving a fuck. Like, listen, sweetheart, I'm good with or without you. Okay? I'm going to be good with or without you. And you know what? I'm going to have a good time with the next girl that comes along. I'm good. When that happens, they can't fucking handle it. And I'm just talking real here, people. All right? I don't usually give love advice, relationship advice too much on the show. But Milo, first time submission, I like it. And I'm going to tell you. So in your mind, you're walking around like, ah, everything is good. You're walking around like, everything is great. Okay? We broke up. Things were all right. It was mutual. And now she probably sees you walking around, even though you don't talk to her, see her. And, and they hear, you know, they ask questions. How's he doing? How's he doing? And you know what they want to hear? Not good, man. He's been in Starbucks crying every fucking Thursday I see him. That's what they want to hear. But they hear, no, he's good, man. He's walking around. He's happy. This and that. Smiling. They don't like that. So I think her and her friend were like, let's really get him. And I think your weakness was what? Women are smart. They go for the weakness. They go for the weakness. You have passion about your paintings. Okay? Just so you know, people, I don't just read these things. and I got this in my brain right now. I really broke this down because he said something at the end saying it kind of makes you, honestly, uh, I honestly feel kind of shitty. Of course you do. You know, she used to say things to you like, see, she used to be encouraging. So what she's doing is she's hitting you where you're weak, dude. She's going at you at your weakness. That's what she's doing. Okay? She is going, all right, fuck this guy. This guy's happy? No. Where can I hit him where it hurts? Oh, his paintings. Which, And she probably knew you loved that she was encouraging about it. So my advice to you, and it will drive her nuts. It will drive her nuts. I promise you this will work. I don't think it will work. I promise you. And if it's too late, I'm sorry. Um, I mean, look, if you're the type of guy like me, I didn't have the discipline when I was young. I'd have been like, fuck you and your petty shit. Fuck your fat ass girlfriend who's helping you burn this shit. Okay? You know why she's got time to help you burn the paintings? Because nobody wants to fuck this bitch. Like, I would go, that's just what I would do. Because that, like, when I was younger, I mean, not now. But when I was in high school, I was wild, dude. When I was in high school, I was fucking wild. I mean, I'm thinking of a story right now that you guys wouldn't even fucking believe, you know. Um, but, you know, I mean, I don't want to, like that, it'll, it'll kind of bring, it'll bring things back and people that listen to this, and I don't want to do that. But uh, let's just say I had some wild times. I had some times where it was like the whole school, like movie scene shit, where I was like outside freaking out and everybody came out at night after a party. It was, it was wild shit. I would go right for the fucking throat. I'd be like, now fuck that and fuck you and this bitch and blah, blah, blah. And I would do things and it was stupid and it showed that I cared and it was not good. So learn from my mistake, uh, Milo. Here's what I would do. I would completely ignore her and stay happy. She knows your paintings were good. She, she, her encouragement to you was because she liked you and she wanted to do it. And now they want to do childish stuff. The greatest way you could fucking do this is if you totally ignore it. Or there's one other thing. You could just be like, wow, you know, 
I didn't think he would do something hurtful like that, but whatever. You know, I thought things were cool. I guess they're not. And then ignore her and be happy. One of the two. If you like to throw a little jab in and make her think about what she did, then you do the latter. If not, if you want to go straight fucking baller, just totally, totally, just what I would do is I would delete off of Facebook and all social media, delete them, fucking delete them, delete her, delete her friend, delete everybody fucking associated with her that you don't talk to or need in your life anyway, and go about your business with a smile on your face and go out there and go crush other vagina. That's what you should do. That's my opinion to you. Okay? Wow. Fucking wow. You are welcome, Milo. That's what you get for being a first-time emailer to my show. All right. That's it for the Unacceptables. Thank you guys for the submissions. Um, I don't mean to be crude there. Some people will be like, what the fuck? No, no, no. This kid is in high school. All right? I, I got him. I got him. I'm going to pilot this ship for Milo. Now, you probably already did it. You know, it would be funny if Milo already broke down at her door crying, like knocking, and everything I just said is out the window, and then she's listening to this laughing. Um, like, no, he fucking came here. You know, you, <laughs> I hope that's not the case, but whatever. Um, all right, here we are. We're an hour and eight into the show. I don't know, folks. I think this is a good one. I'm feeling it. You guys are getting three this week. Um, so yeah, there were too many, um, things on, there were too many things on, uh, what's it called? Uh, things on Twitter for me to even like get to. So if you did send a tweet or you did send an unacceptable tweet or whatever on Twitter, I, it's just buried in the mix because, um, anytime I do TV or something that people see, the tweets just come in like crazy and it could have buried something. So, uh, please send me your unacceptables on Twitter. Um, and I will read them to you next time. Uh, you know, and it's, uh, and if you want to submit the emails, it's uh, unacceptables for TVE at Gmail. That is unacceptables for not the number F O R T V E at gmail.com. All right. And Let's see what else. Let's see what else. Let's go to um, sports, everybody. How about them New York football giants? I know, Cowboy fans, you won last night. But let's be honest. The Vikings had every opportunity to win. The Vikings defense played better. And unfortunately... The fucking white special teams guy fumbled it. Can we just have black guys return the punts? I know there used to be like, uh, you know, uh, that guy Dwight and there were a couple of other, I know Julian Edelman and I know Wes Welker used to return them. But can we just have fucking, I mean, you just, it just annoys me, man. And I know I'm being selfish because I'm a Giants fan, but the Vikings had that game. Had the Cowboys lost that game, the Giants would be, you know, I mean, they're still, it's still big. Giants still need to beat Pittsburgh and then beat Dallas, and it's still anybody's division if those things happen. And the Giants are looking good for the wild card, and the Giants are 8-3. and three. So I'm happy with that. But last night, man, the Vikings fucking, the Vikings defense, I mean, you can't fumble the ball on a kick at the 7-yard line against the Cowboys and think you're going to live to, you know, get out of that with a W. So um, that sucked. However, the Giants are uh, going for their seventh straight win on Sunday against Pittsburgh. That's going to be a tough game, but I love how the Giants are playing. 
I know they just beat the Browns and the Browns are 0-11, but you know what? The Browns were playing hard and the Giants always play to their competition. So we'll see what happens in Pittsburgh. But uh, you can't, what can you say? You know, the Giants are having a good year. I knew they would. They're 8-3. Uh, Cowboys, though, I got to say, like the Cowboys are legitimately, legitimately fun to watch on offense. Like that's how good they are. Like if it wasn't the Cowboys, if it wasn't a division rival of my favorite team, um, I would be like, what? like if this, if like the Cowboys were the fucking, just another team, you know, uh, I would be like, this is such a fun team to watch, you know, um, I was going to say the Raiders, but the Raiders are that too. Um, but Prescott just doesn't make mistakes. I mean, Dak Prescott on the Cowboys just doesn't make mistakes. The running back is so fucking good. The offensive line is really, really good. The one weakness of the Cowboys is they will give up some points, I think. I think they'll give up some points if, if with the, you know, with good receivers going against them. That's why I think the Giants match up with them good. Everybody was saying, oh, the Giants were the only team to beat them, but that was week one. Okay, we'll see. You know, what, week one doesn't count of the regular season? What, the, pre, the four preseason games beforehand doesn't count? I like, I know it was a rookie, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. He's still a fucking rookie. And I'll tell you what else. I'll tell you what else about the Cowboys. When this guy Dak Prescott goes into an NFC Championship game to get to a Super Bowl, okay, with not having that experience, not going against the greatest defense he'll probably go against, will be in in a playoff game. We'll see what happens. You know, don't forget how many times the thirteen and three Peyton Manning Colts got knocked out of the first round of the playoffs. Let's not forget the fifteen and one Minnesota Vikings got knocked out of the playoffs. Let's not forget the undefeated Patriots lost to the Giants in the Super Bowl. Let's just see what happens. Let's just see. You got you to lose and take it to the face, and Dallas hasn't responded to that yet because they've only lost once week one, and then they've won 11 straight. So, uh, But they do look good, man. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I'd be lying if I didn't say the Cowboys look like— the Cowboys look better than the Patriots this year. The Cowboys look like the best team in football, which I, I think you'd have to say that they are. Um, Knicks, I haven't really been able to watch, kind of just watching from afar right now. Um, but we'll see about that. All right, movies, guys. I saw two of them. Shit, I gotta, this, this podcast is going long. All right, I saw two movies. I saw Bleed for This, which was the Vinny Pazienza, the uh, boxer Vinny Pazienza from a Providence, Rhode Island story, the guy that broke his neck and came back to win a title. Um, I liked it. I didn't fucking love it. It didn't blow me out of the theater. I liked it. It had some good acting. Um, I thought it was. I thought it was solid. Um, if I have to be honest, I could have waited on DVD or on demand for it. Actually, um, but it was a good, solid movie. If you got time on your hands, I don't think you'll be disappointed. It's very factual. It's all true. It's a true story. So like, you, you can't lose that way. Um, and it was good. It wasn't really about the fight scenes. It was more about like his you know, his perseverance and like, what do you want? I mean, the guy broke his neck. That's why Boston guys make me laugh because they're tough. This guy broke his neck and they didn't know if he'd ever walk again. And he ended up fighting like Roberto Duran to win a title. I mean, I know it was out of Duran's prime, but still, it's pretty impressive. Uh, that kid, uh, what's his name? Miles Teller played him, did a good job. The guy who played the dad was really, really good in it. And, uh, who else is in it? Um, Katie Siegel, the, the, the one who played um, Peggy Bundy on um, Married with Children, she plays the mom. 
she's not in it much, but she was good in it. And then all, you know, the, all the, all the sisters, they showed them all watching his fights and stuff, but really good, really good. It was just funny. Like they showed him in a strip club with the halo on his head after he broke his neck and like how he dealt with women. And I'm sure some of those stories were true. So it was really fun to watch that. But uh, whatever, good. I, I wouldn't say great. I wouldn't say bad. I would say it's a good movie, decent. Then I saw The Arrival, and The Arrival was really fucking good. And you know how you know it's good? It kept me into it the whole time, and there is no action in this movie. There's no action. There's no shooting scenes. There's no violence. There's no nothing. There's just... It's just an amazing story, and it comes together at the end very cleverly, and um, I liked it. I thought it was really good. Amy Adams plays a language, you know, she interprets language, and she goes up into these vessels. There's 12 of them around the world. The one in the U.S. is hovering over Montana. They go in, they try to communicate with the aliens. She gets more and more progress until it ultimately comes to a, a realization and what's going on and what happened here. So it's, um, it was pretty cool. I don't want to give anything away, but really, really good. Um, but it's a thinking movie. So I don't want you to, th- don't, don't go into this thing being like, that was so boring. If you don't want to sit there and really think and kind of put p- puzzle pieces together that come at the end, you know, but uh, I liked it. I liked it and it made me think. And for me, I judge a movie that makes me think um, and, and makes you even think days later about it. And that's what this movie did. So I would say it's worth it in the theater because, you know, uh, but also again, I mean, Things come out of the theater now in three months. So, But either way, I don't think you'll go wrong with either if you want to be entertained. All depends on your mood. Okay, so let's go to plugs, everybody. Um, plugs are pretty easy this week. I'm going to be in New York City pretty much all of December. Uh, I will be at The Stand tonight, 8 and 10. I will be at uh, New York Comedy Club tomorrow on the 7 and 9 o'clock shows. You could check those out. I have more dates coming in 2017. Uh, like I said, they're all going to be posted up. I'm going to be going down south. I'm going to be going to New England again. Uh, hopefully going back out west, working on a bunch of other stuff. So um, just check out paulverzi.com for all the dates. And uh, that's it, everybody. That is it. Please uh, go to my uh, Twitter. Follow me on Twitter at Paul Verzi. That's V-I-R-Z-I. And um, oh, December 15th. Check me out. They're actually running commercials for it now. So you guys, if you're watching True TV, I'm sure you see me yelling or telling jokes in my, uh, you know, in my yellow fucking hoodie that uh, I did on uh, Comedy Knockout, the season premiere of Comedy Knockout. My buddy Damian Lemon hosts the show. Uh, Season premiere of season two was uh, yesterday. My episode will air December 15th. So December 15th at 11 o'clock, you could check me out on season two of Comedy Knockout. I had a great time on the show, a lot of fun, so please check that out as well. So that is it. This has been episode 283. I hope you guys enjoyed it, uh, and uh, have a good time. Stay safe, stay healthy, and all that stuff in between shows. Until then, I am out of here. Take care.